0: With big potential consequences, Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, Jorge, have you ever wanted to go visit another star or even a faraway galaxy?
1: Totally. I mean, who wouldn't? Although, you know, it kind of depends on what the accommodations are over there. (laughs) Like, are we going to be camping on a rock, basically, for the rest of my life? Or is it going to be a beautiful place?
0: Well, it's kind of hard to get pictures in advance if you're the first human to ever land on this surface.
1: There aren't any Airbnb reviews yet?
0: (laughs) You can't trust Yelp to do everything for you.
1: But I guess the problem is, how would we even get there? Isn't it really hard to go to another star or galaxy? It is really hard, which means we have to be
0: really creative and sometimes look in unexpected places for sources of inspiration
1: and power. Mm, banana fusion. (laughs) Use the energy trapped in bad puns.
0: (laughs) Well, what if I told you you could actually make use of a black hole? But I thought
1: black holes were just like traps that trapped you there forever. You mean they can actually be useful? You might get nervous
0: when we talk about black holes in a positive light, but they do have possible practical applications.
1: Hi, I'm Jorge. I'm a cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel.
0: I'm a particle physicist and I'm paid by the Big Black Hole Corporate Consortium to talk positively about black holes wherever I can.
1: Really? You've switched to black hole PR now or <laughs> astronomical PR? That's right. I'm funded by big black holes. You went from physics research <laughs> to public relations PR? No, but I like black
0: holes. I'm definitely pro-black hole. I mean, I'm not pro the earth getting sucked into one mm-hmm. or you and your loved ones being killed by one, but I'm fascinated by them and I would love to study one and to create one and of course do it all very safely. Yeah, would you visit one? I would visit a black hole if it was big enough that you could come close to the event horizon without being torn apart by the tidal forces. So, yeah. Mm. Are you starting
1: a tour company to the center of the galaxy? (laughs) No, I am definitely anti-black hole. (laughs) But in this universe, it's hard to tell sometimes what could be useful or what could be something that will kill you instantly. So welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: In which we examine everything in the universe from the tiny to the massive, from the dangerous to the cozy. And we talk about whether it could help us answer our questions, whether it could take us on a journey to the stars, or whether it just helps us zoom in and understand the universe at the smallest, most microscopic
1: level. Yeah, we like to talk about all the possible Ways out there that we could maybe visit or travel to other places in our galaxy or in the universe because it seems like it's all out there waiting for us to go visit and study. That's right. I feel like we are
0: in the early days of the human age of exploration where we learn about what our galaxy looks like and what's out there and who is out there. But so far, it's still sort of shrouded in mystery for us. And if we could only get out there, if we could send people or probes or something, we could learn so much about what's out there in the universe and how things work.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're almost like stuck in a deserted island in the middle of the ocean. You know, like there's such a huge gap between us and maybe other things. And we don't even know if we can make it out there or what would happen if we went out there that it's kind of preventing us from spreading out into the cosmos.
0: It is. And it's frustrating to know that that knowledge is just sitting out there waiting for us. Alien civilizations or not, crazy planets or not, whatever is out there. It's just waiting for us, literally sitting there waiting for us to come and check it out and learn things about the universe. And whenever there's like a barrier between us and deep, powerful, cosmic knowledge about the universe, it just drives me crazy. I just want to pierce through it or around it or whatever preposition you need to use. But I want to get that knowledge and I want us to understand how the universe works.
1: Does it make you want to be an engineer, Daniel, so you could actually make something (laughs) useful?
0: It makes me want to be a physicist so I can have a clever idea, which I could then pass to the engineers would make something useful. I see. There are limits to your curiosities, what you're saying. (laughs) There's limits to my practical ability to build something, but no limits to my imagination.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it is a very big problem to get to other stars and to other galaxies. And we've talked about in the program before about different ways to power our spaceship out into the cosmos, because it's really hard to bring all the fuel with you that you'll need to get to somewhere far away. Yeah, you need to build a
0: really big ship if you're going to bring a lot of people and you're going to keep them safe from cosmic radiation. And then you need to bring some source of fuel to get you there. So people have been struggling with this question for decades, for maybe even longer than that. And there's some crazy ideas out there. We've talked before about instead of just building a ship, move the whole solar system by building a stellar engine, something that would turn our star into an engine.
1: Yeah. And so in the episode today, we'll be talking about another crazy idea that physicists are toying with, thinking about and spitballing about. (laughs) And this one involves black holes. All the craziest, most fun ideas involve black holes. (laughs) It's about as crazy as you can get, I guess, in this universe. So today on the program, we'll be asking the question, Could a black hole power a starship? Wow, that's crazy. What, what does that even mean? Well, first of all, step me through. Like, where did this idea come from? Did you just wake up with it one morning? Or is this something that's actually being discussed at like physics conferences?
0: Oh, man, I wish I could take credit for this idea. But no, this idea, like many great creative ideas in science, came from science fiction. This was first written about by Arthur C. Clarke in a short story he wrote called Imperial Earth. Wow, so a long time ago. Quite a while ago, yeah. It's a fairly old idea. And then since Hawking revolutionized our understanding of black holes, and in the last 10 or 15 years, we've made some progress in quantum gravity, people have started sitting down, like, doing the calculations and figuring out, like, could you do this? Is this possible? Is there a fundamental physics reason that says no? Or can we just pass it off to the engineers to figure it out?
1: Mm. Didn't Arthur C. Clarke sort of foresee another huge thing? Wasn't it the internet or something like that?
0: I'm sure that he and other science fiction writers foresaw a lot of what's real. The cool thing is that they also foresaw a lot of stuff that didn't happen, right? So
1: <laughs> oh, I see. You
0: don't really pay attention to the denominator. You just like spew a bunch of crazy predictions. And if you hit a few, then, you know, you become famous for foreseeing the future. You're visionary. (laughs) Exactly. Right.
1: Even if your hit rate is low. That's right. I got a room full of monkeys predicting the future. One of them is a genius. (laughs) (laughs) And does that make you the genius for having the monkeys or? But anyways, it's a crazy idea. So the idea is to use a black hole to power your starship. And so we'll get into the diesel because I have a lot of questions about this crazy idea. But first, we were wondering how many people out there thought this was a good idea or had heard of this idea. So Daniel went out there and asked to the internet if they knew the answer to this question.
0: That's right. And we're always looking for volunteers, people who are interested in speculating baselessly on questions. We ask them for future episodes. So if you'd like to participate, please
1: write to us to questions at DanielAndJorge.com. So think about it for a second. If someone asked you if you thought you could use a black hole to power a starship, what would you answer? Here's what people had to say. If you wanted to use an actual like, black hole as an engine to propel yourself around,
0: I don't think that would work because surely for a normal engine, you need something that applies a force in the opposite direction that you're moving so that the resultant force pushes you to where you want to go. But surely a black hole would just suck everything in. Wow, that would be cool. Yes, I, well, probably, theoretically can be done. I don't know in how much time can this be put in practice. Uh, CERN, for sure, it's uh, working on it. Of course, because they use one in Star Trek, the next generation. I think you could use it in part for a spaceship that's designed for faster than light travel. It's the idea of compressing the space in front of you and expanding it behind you. As a primary engine, I don't think so. You can definitely use a stellar stationary black hole to propel your ship in an arbitrary direction. You just calibrate a trajectory so that you avoid falling in and avoid being destroyed by tidal forces and have the black hole slingshot you to an arbitrary direction.
1: I think that
0: you cannot use a black hole as a spaceship engine because you, everything near gets sucked in so it can suck in bits of your spaceship little by little depending on its size. I'm not sure that a a spacecraft can use a black hole as an as an engine. I'm trying to think how
1: would it use the energy from the black hole.
0: All right, well, we got about as many different answers as people answering the question.
1: Yeah, well, it seems like people think it's cool. It's a cool idea, but there was some skepticism. (laughs) Like, uh, how would that even work? And there are lots of
0: different ideas here about how it could work. Like, could you use it to make a warp drive by compressing space in front of you? Very cool idea. Mm. Or just like... The gravitational assist right use it as a slingshot mm. or people thinking that CERN is currently working on a black hole drive. Are you? <laughs> I can neither Confirmed, nor denied that.
1: (laughs) Do you have a room full of monkeys working on it there at CERN? One of my monkeys is working on it. (laughs) I bet you do.
0: Look, monkeys, just don't press this button. I'll be back in an hour. I have to do a podcast.
1: (laughs) Well, these (laughs) must be pretty good monkeys if they can understand instructions like that, Daniel.
0: Yeah, they come from the best universities.
1: (laughs) So uh, it's kind of a, a crazy idea and people seem to think it was maybe possible. And you're right, there are many different ways that you could attack this. Like you could use the black hole itself like as a gateway, isn't that a possibility? Oh, I suppose if a
0: black hole is just like a doorway to a wormhole connected to a white hole somewhere else in space, Mm -hmm. then yeah, I suppose you could use that as a way to get through the universe? I love that this question has inspired so much creative thinking, but nobody who answered these questions hit on what is actually the idea that's being considered in the community for how a black hole could
1: power a starship. Uh, Nobody had read Arthur C. Clarke, I guess, (laughs) or all of his collected works.
0: No, none of those folks are up on the latest there.
1: All right, well, let's jump right into it, Daniel. How would you even use a black hole to power your starship? And if it's powered by a black hole, do you have to call it a black hole ship?
0: (laughs) I'll leave it to you to name the eventual ship once we build it. Mm. But the idea is that a black hole actually satisfies a lot of the requirements you need for fueling a starship. Mm. It's very, very dense. And so it's a great way to store energy. Mm -hmm. And it's very efficient because it turns that energy into radiation. Remember, many people think about black holes as a fold in space, a place where nothing can escape, not even light. But black holes are not actually totally black. They radiate a very small amount of radiation. And they're turning essentially their own mass into radiation. And the basic idea of the black hole starship is to take advantage of that. of The black hole turning its mass into radiation and using that radiation to provide thrust for a starship.
1: Oh, I see. All right. So, a pro idea for using black holes as fuel is that one, it's first of all, you said it's very dense. I guess it is very dense in that you can cram a lot into it, but not require like a big chamber to hold it. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Precisely.
0: I mean, it doesn't get more dense than a black hole. Anything else you get to that same density is just going to turn into a black hole. So a black hole is, by definition, the most dense storage of energy.
1: Mm. So I guess like if you had to pack a star, that would be pretty hard because you, you need a big like <laughs> container.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's the other advantage about black holes is that they contain themselves. One of the common alternatives for fueling a starship is like antimatter. What if you stored antimatter in your starship and used matter antimatter reactions to provide the energy? Right. That seems like a better idea. Yeah. Well, the problem is antimatter is really hard to store. It's very reactive. It could blow up your ship. Black holes store themselves. They contain themselves. They are their own bottle. And so they really have an advantage there over antimatter.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, it doesn't have anything like dangerous that could get out. I mean, as long as
0: you don't slip and fall into the black hole, you're pretty safe, right? <laughs> that seems kind of dangerous. We'll just put up a sign, you know, I'm sure we'll put up a sign. People will sign a
1: waiver. They'll be fine. One of those yellow cones or prop up things, <laughs> which is with like a stick figure falling into a black hole. That would be the warning.
0: Watch out. We'll let you draw the sign. Yeah, exactly. Wear a helmet. <laughs> And the basic problem that you're trying to solve by using a black hole is efficient conversion of fuel into thrust, because a lot of the other more common methods of accelerating a starship are just very inefficient, like fusion or fission. They're wonderful, but they don't capture most of the mass in your fuel and turn it into energy. There's a very low efficiency there. And so you end up bringing a huge amount of fuel and then more fuel to carry that fuel and more fuel to carry that fuel. So you want a source of energy that's very, very efficient in converting its mass into your thrust. And that's where black holes really can't be beat. Mm,
1: Like literally, you can't beat them. (laughs)
0: There's nothing you can do.
1: If you hit them with a stick, (laughs) it just eats up the stick. That's right. And there's another really fascinating feature about black holes that
0: makes them well suited to being the source of energy for a starship. There's a lot of details to get right to get your black hole to power your starship.
1: Well, let's get into that and also a lot of these details about how you would make a black hole power your starship. But first, let's take a quick break.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place
1: All right, we're talking about the idea of using a black hole to power your starship to get to another galaxy or another star or maybe to another galaxy cluster even. And so, uh, Daniel, the idea is that I would somehow bottle a black hole and then bring it with me. You're saying the first advantage is that it's really compact, meaning like I could keep it in my pocket even.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the kind of black hole we're talking about that would power a reasonable flight would have a radius, you know, less than 10 to the minus 18 meters.
1: It would be really, really small. Oh, wow. It'd be like microscopic.
0: Yeah, it'd be microscopic. And you wouldn't even need to bottle it. Remember, black holes are their own bottles. Mm -hmm. So you don't really need to put it in anything. You could just have the raw black hole there.
1: Well, I guess that's my first question about this idea is like, how would you even carry it around? Like, does it sit on something? Does it, you just let it float next to you? How do you even like bring it with you? Well, you don't
0: bring it with you. It brings you with it, right? That's the idea.
1: (laughs) It's like you're hitching a ride.
0: You're hitching a ride on a black hole. Exactly. And so how do you turn a black hole into an engine? Right. Well, remember that black holes radiate, right? They shoot off this Hawking radiation. Mm -hmm. And this is theoretical still. Nobody's ever actually seen Hawking radiation, but they shoot off Hawking radiation and the fascinating thing is that this happens more for small black holes. Like really big black holes from stars or supermassive black holes hardly radiate at all. But the theory is that
1: as black holes get smaller, they radiate even more. Like how much more? Like like it's shining? Like it's like a small black hole would actually be bright?
0: Yes, it would be bright. It would be dangerous. You would have to wear protection. The kind of black hole we're talking about when it's like, you know, about a billion kilograms, this is like two times the mass of the Empire State Building, Mm -hmm. this thing would radiate 160 petawatts of energy. That's 2,000 times the worldwide energy consumption
1: every year. Okay, so let's walk through this scenario. So I take two Empire State Buildings Mm -hmm. and I somehow compress them into a black hole, which would be about 10 to the minus 18 meters.
0: I like how you're making this like a internet recipe. You know, yeah, like sugar cookies or black hole drives. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I'm an engineer. I got I got to know the instructions here. Yeah. So I take the two Empire states building. I compress them into ten to the minus meters, and now I have a black hole. But yeah. it's really tiny. It's like a, basically a pinpoint.
0: It's basically a pinpoint. And we can talk later about more practical ways to actually make these black holes and involves enormous space lasers. Mm -hmm. But that's basically the recipe. Get that much amount of energy Mm -hmm. into that small a radius and you have a black hole and black holes that are that small. That's very small for a black hole. You know, black holes out in the universe are measured in units of the mass of the sun. Mm. This is a tiny, tiny little black hole. Mm. And so it radiates a lot, a lot more than any black hole that's out there sort of scattered around the universe. A synthetic black hole on a human scale would radiate a lot more than natural black holes.
1: Wait, uh, oh, I see. So a small black hole is actually not black. (laughs) It's really shiny.
0: Yeah. Wow. The smaller the black hole, the more it radiates because the amount things radiate depend on their temperature. And this is something that Stephen Hawking discovered that black holes have a temperature Mm. and everything in the universe that has a temperature gives off radiation. It's called black body radiation. Everything glows, even black holes, because they have a temperature and the temperature of the black hole is connected to its mass. And as its mass gets smaller, its temperature goes up. And there's some complicated arguments there about entropy and quantum mechanics that we shouldn't get into. But smaller black holes have higher temperatures and so they radiate more. And so it's a sort of a runaway
1: process. Like it radiates more per like surface area or like total? Like it's hard to imagine that a you know, like the supermassive black hole in the middle of the galaxy would be radiating less than a little tiny Empire State Building black hole.
0: It's definitely more per mass, like per unit mass of the black hole. But I think it's also in absolute levels more. Mm -hmm. I mean, these little black holes, they radiate more and then they lose mass because they have radiated that mass away and then they radiate even more. So it becomes a runaway effect. And the last few moments of the life of one of these black holes, they're extraordinarily bright.
1: Wow. Wow. All right. So it has something to do with, I don't know, some sort of weird relationship inside of the black hole that the, the less mass you have, the more it radiates.
0: Yes, precisely. And that's why this works, because you don't have to build a black hole the size of the sun. You can build one that's pretty small and it will be pretty bright. So it's a great way to store that energy, and then have that energy be released over time. Mm.
1: All right. So I just compressed two Empire State Buildings. I created a black hole, mm-hmm. and uh, I, mm-hmm. I guess I did it in space, or am I, did I do it here on Earth? Better do that in space, please, sir. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Don't do this in your backyard. So now I have this in space, and what does it do? Does it get attracted to the Earth? Wouldn't It also kind of like act as if I had two Empire State buildings out in orbit.
0: Yeah, it would. And so you could have it in orbit around the Earth, right? You can have anything in orbit around the Earth, a black hole, anything else. It has a strong gravity to it, but it's not like actively sucking in the Earth. So it can be in a stable
1: orbit around the Earth. And then you build your spaceship around the black hole. Mm, But I I think I have to keep feeding it, right? Because it's radiating and so it's shrinking at the same time. You don't
0: have to keep feeding it, though that's an option. You can just sort of build your spaceship around it and then use it up. And by the time you get to your destination, it will have evaporated into nothing.
1: Oh, I see. So it takes years and years for it to evaporate.
0: That's right. A two empire state building black hole
1: will evaporate in about three or four years. Oh, all right. I guess my question is like, how do you hold it? Or like, how do you move it? Or how do you nudge it? Because... Wouldn't anything that it touches get sucked into the black hole? Well,
0: remember that black holes have strong gravity, but they're not like actively sucking stuff, right? You can be in a stable configuration near a black hole as long as the tidal forces are not too great. So the way you take a black hole, which is just shooting energy out in every direction Mm -hmm. and turn that into a spaceship is actually the same way that we talked about for turning a star into a spaceship is that you capture Half of the radiation, like all the radiation on one side, Mm -hmm. you capture it in some sort of parabolic mirror and focus it the other direction so that effectively it's only radiating in one direction. And if it's only radiating in one direction, that's basically thrust. It's like it's shooting particles out one side. And that's how an engine works. It pushes something away, gives off mass and energy in one direction. And so by conservation of momentum, it will go the other direction. So that's the second critical piece. You need the black hole shooting off energy. Then you need this reflector, which
1: turns the black hole into an engine. Mm, Like you put a mirror to one side of it and then some of it gets reflected into the black hole? You put a mirror to one side of the black hole
0: Uh near the black hole, not in it, right? You don't want your engine to get into the black hole. Uh If you put a a parabolic reflector around the black hole, Uh then... All of its radiation will get reflected to be in parallel lines and all shooting out in one direction.
1: Right. But to the black hole, it's just radiating out in all directions. So what would cause it to move? Well, it's radiating
0: out in all directions. Mm -hmm. But now you have this reflector and the reflector is gravitationally bound to the black hole. Right. It's being held in place by the black hole's gravity. So you can think of them like as a system black hole plus this reflector are now like one gravitational system. Mm-hmm. And the two together are only shooting out radiation in one direction. So they have to move in the other direction.
1: Oh, I see. Ah, so you kind of have to put the black hole behind you almost, right? Yes. The black hole is in the back and the reflector is in the
0: front. Mm-hmm. And then you end up moving in the direction of the reflector.
1: Like it's pushing you. The black hole is pushing you away, but you're also pulling the black hole with your own gravity. Yes, that's a good way to think about it.
0: Exactly. Mm. So you're right. The black hole, all it knows is that it's just shooting off radiation in every direction. Right? But because you've built it into this system with a reflector, the combined system has to move, you know, in whatever direction you were pointing in order to balance the momentum that's
1: coming out the back of the ship. Right. But isn't that a really a tricky balance? Like, how do you know the black hole is going to follow you? Do you have to be <laughs> as big as two Empire State buildings Too? You have to build
0: a pretty big ship. But you want to build a pretty big ship anyway, because if you're going for three and a half or four years, you need like a lot of room for, you know, canned soup and people. And you have to build a lot of shielding to protect yourself from radiation. So you want to build a really big ship. But yes, it is not an easy engineering problem. So I do not envy the
1: engineers who have to work on that. (laughs) But also, but isn't it a little bit dangerous? Like how far away would you have to build this reflector and Like if something knocks the ship, wouldn't it potentially knock it into the black hole and then it would destroy your ship?
0: Yeah, it's not necessarily a stable configuration. You're right. And if something gets too close to the black hole, then the whole thing could just get sucked in. Right. So, yeah, there are definitely problems to solve. (laughs) But, you know, my department is, is this theoretically possible? And then, you know, I put my stamp on it and then we send it off to, you know, safety and configuration and engineering to make it actually work. But so th- there's definitely some challenges
1: there. You just said a worrisome word, which is unstable. Like, is this an unstable configuration? What did you mean, my dad? Like, I can put the black hole behind me, but it's very precarious?
0: Yeah, some things in equilibrium are stable so that if you perturb them, they'll naturally go back to the original configuration, right? But some things are unstable. Mm-hmm. And in this case, if the mirror gets too close to the black hole, then it will eventually fall into the event horizon of the black hole. Or it'd be very difficult to take too much energy to like move it away. So it's pretty tricky. It's like if you're in orbit around the Earth and something knocks you out of orbit, then you're not going to fall back into orbit. You're going to fall into Earth, right? And the same problem (laughs) happens here.
1: (laughs) So basically you're saying on this trip, nobody can move (laughs) on the ship. It's like, all right, three and a half years, nobody move or else (laughs) we're going to fall into this black (laughs) hole that we made and are bringing with us.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe don't have a salsa party uh, right next to the black hole. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no aerobics classes on this cruise.
0: (laughs) No jumping up and down. It might be a boring trip, but hey, it means it's a shorter trip because a black hole could get you up to a significant fraction of the speed of light. Really? If you build this ship and you can use the, the black hole that we talked about, like two masses of the Empire State Building. It can give off enough radiation to accelerate a large ship to 10% of the speed of light in just
1: 20 days. Wow. And is that a lot? 10%, what is that, 30,000 meters per second? It's a lot of meters per second. And at that speed, you
0: could get to the nearby star in like 40 years instead of, 500 years or 5,000 years, and you also could do it without depleting the energy resources
1: of the entire planet. Mm. All right. Well, I still think it's a crazy idea, Daniel. (laughs) Well, let's get into whether it could actually work and if we could actually build one. But first, let's take another quick break.
0: eBay Motors
1: is here for the ride. Remember when you
0: first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed a hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, For details,
1: all right, Daniel, you found something useful to do with black holes, and that is to power your starship to a nearby star or galaxy. And theoretically, it sounds like it could work, but it, it feels kind of practically dangerous. Like, You know, you can put it in the bag and it's pushing you. But if something happens, it could also destroy.
0: (laughs) That's a pretty good summary. And, you know, I'm not asking you to invest or to buy a ticket on the Black Hole Starship. I'm just asking you to examine with me whether or not this is theoretically possible because (laughs) things that seem (laughs) to... I thought you were pro-black hole. (laughs) I'm pro-black hole, which is why we're talking about this. Mm. But I totally recognize there's a lot of problems to solve. But, you know, today's impossible problem is tomorrow's app written by Mm. a middle schooler. So Mm. let's leave these open problems out there and maybe one of our listeners will be inspired and... Think of a
1: solution. Right, right. Okay, so you're saying it can maybe accelerate a large ship up to 10% of the speed of light in 20 days, which means we would get to the nearest star, you said, in 40 years?
0: Yeah, the nearest stars are like four light years away. And so if you go at Mm -hmm. 10% of the speed of light, you could get there in 40 years, which means you could step on this ship and you could actually step off of it. You could visit those stars and not just your kids or your grandkids, your great-great-grandkids who are mad at you for having relegated them to being born in space. But you could actually
1: get there yourself. Mm, But you said the black hole itself would only last three and a half years. Yes, the
0: black hole itself would last three and a half years. But it only needs to last long enough to accelerate you. And, you know, then you're up to the right speed. You know, there are other questions about like
1: deceleration. (laughs) But then how do you stop? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, I guess uh, maybe this is one, one thing I'm curious about is can you... Feed the black hole, like can you supply with more energy as you're going?
0: No, you certainly can. Two solutions there. One is start with a bigger black hole and then halfway through the trip, flip the reflector around if you think that's a safe procedure so that now the black hole is decelerating you so that by the time you get to your destination, you're at a reasonable Mm -hmm. speed. You don't fly through the system at a zillion miles an hour. And the other thing you can do is, as you say, you can feed the black hole You can like gather interstellar gas and micrometeorites and all that stuff and just sort of like direct it into the black hole. Because the cool thing is everything is fuel for a black hole. Right. Even bad puns.
1: (laughs) Even bananas. Even bananas. (laughs) Now they would just slip on by. (laughs) But I mean, is that the math work out? Like, can I bring another Empire State building with me? Or does that take away them from the acceleration?
0: The way that you build the synthetic black hole that you need to power this drive is not by bringing all that mass because we don't know how to take that mass and compact it into a black hole size object. That's not something we know how to do. Mm. Instead, the best ideas for how to build a synthetic black hole of the right size involve just essentially dumping energy into a point in space using massive
1: lasers. All right, now we're getting more exciting here. So step us through. How would we actually make a black hole? Like, can we make a black hole? As I guess you make black holes at the Large Hadron Collider. But you don't keep them around.
0: Well, we don't know if we've made black holes at the Large Hadron Collider. We're trying to. We're hoping to see one. We've never spotted one before. But the idea is that to make a black hole, you don't just need a huge amount of mass. What you really need is high energy density. Any kind of energy will curve space. Einstein's general relativity told us that matter curves space, but also anything with energy in it. And so what you need to do is just pour a whole huge pile of energy into a small part of space. Mm -hmm. And you can do that by focusing a bunch of lasers on the same place.
1: Oh, I see. You can make a black hole with just pure energy.
0: Just pure energy. Yeah. And so you build a huge laser A lot of huge laser and you focus them on the same place. And in principle, you pour enough energy into that dot, it will turn into a black hole. It will capture all that energy, store it gravitationally, and then gradually release it, which is what you need.
1: Wait, what do you mean? So you can make a black hole just by pointing lasers together?
0: Yes. Nobody's ever done it. We haven't ever seen this. But the math tells us, the theory tells us, general relativity says that you get enough energy density in one spot, it will turn into a black Mm. hole. And that includes laser light. And lasers are actually great because photons have no problem being close to each other. Like the reason you can't take the Empire State Building and turn into a black hole is that that matter resists being squeezed down, right? There are chemical bonds there. Mm -hmm. But photons, Mm -hmm. they are the kind of particle we call bosons that are very happy to be right on top of each other and all doing the same thing. And there's no photon-photon repulsion. And so you can pile as many photons as you want. They will not resist.
1: But then wouldn't it take a lot of energy to power your lasers? Like, could you, wouldn't that take maybe all the energy on Earth just to make a mini black hole? It would take a lot of energy to make this black hole, but it's much
0: more energy efficient than, for example, antimatter creation. Antimatter is something we can make and it's a good way to convert mass into energy. But making antimatter is very, very inefficient, whereas making a black hole is much more efficient because all the energy goes into the black hole. So, yes, it's a huge energy consumption. Anytime you want to accelerate something up to the speed of light that's very massive, it's going to take a lot of energy. But it's much more efficient to turn lasers into a black hole than to build antimatter, which is very difficult to do.
1: And so the, the idea is that then you just point the lasers like at a point or at each other or just the laser itself would create the black hole? No,
0: you need a bunch of lasers all altogether focused on a point. And people have done some calculations to think like, well, how much would you need? How much energy would you need? And it's about like 0.1 second of all the energy coming out of the sun. Mm. Like the sun, you know, radiates a lot of energy. And, you know, if you get like a tenth of a second of all the solar energy, that's about as much as you need to build this synthetic black hole we were talking about. Right. And you can't capture the whole sun. But, you know, people did other calculations. If you build like a lot of solar panels, you know, something like a few hundred kilometer sized solar panels in circular orbit around the sun, then it takes about a year to get enough energy to power these lasers, to build this synthetic black hole.
1: Oh, I see. So you would have to store all that energy for a year and then release it at once. Yes, exactly.
0: Mm. So big batteries from Tesla. Elon, get on that. (laughs) I get on that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. No, don't get on that. <laughs> do it in space. Wait, wait until you have a space <laughs> station. Yeah. And there's, you know, lots of
0: other practical problems with building a black hole starship that we sort of just, you know, waved our hands
1: over. Mm. All right. Yes. What are those problems?
0: Well, number one is that black holes don't just shoot off photons that can be easily reflected by like a nice mirror. Mm. We talked about how you have to redirect the radiation of half of the black hole the other direction if you want to move anywhere. That works great if the black hole is giving off photons because we know how to bounce those off a mirror. But black holes are very democratic. The reason Hawking radiation exists is that you have random particles coming out of the vacuum. So those could be photons, they could be top quarks, they could be Higgs bosons, they could be electrons. Oh,
1: they're spewing out all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff, yeah.
0: And some of those things are hard or impossible to reflect.
1: Oh, so you didn't even know if you could reflect all of that energy.
0: You're pretty sure you can't reflect all of it. And so there's some ideas that like you could reflect part of it and the rest of it you could try to absorb and then capture in terms of heat and use that somehow either funnel it back into the black hole or use it to power, you know, an ion beam or something like that. But it gets pretty tricky because this is very intense radiation and anything you build nearby that can't reflect the radiation is going to absorb it and get really hot and probably melt. Mm, can it spew out antimatter? It will. It will absolutely spew out equal amounts of matter and antimatter.
1: Wow. So it might even destroy your ship just from what it It's radiating. Yeah, that is a concern, actually. (laughs) (laughs) A small concern is that it's spewing out antimatter, which would annihilate your spaceship. Yeah,
0: I don't think this idea is, you know, consumer ready yet, (laughs) but uh, the bones of it are there, you know? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. And so black holes spew out antimatter, huh? That's right, because the Hawking radiation is random. It creates pairs of particles and antiparticles. And sometimes the particles fall into the black hole, and sometimes the antiparticles do. That's one of the really cool things about black holes is that they radiate all the particles. And so it's actually kind of a cool way to ask like, well, what particles are there? Well, just make a black hole and have it radiate everything that there is. It's sort of like the world's best particle collider. Wow.
1: But I guess if it's spewing out antimatter, then I mean, if some of that touches you, then you're you're dead. Yes. If some of that
0: touches you, then, you know. I recommend you go immediately to the med deck or whatever it is on this ship. (laughs) Wouldn't it explode on you or something? Well, if an individual particle of antimatter hits you, it's not a big deal. You know, like bananas emit antimatter. They're emitting positrons all the time. Oh, I see. But they don't hurt you. It's Just a very small amount of energy, Mm. but they could cause cancer. But we're talking about a black hole emitting a lot of radiation. A significant fraction of that would be radiation that you can't easily absorb and reflect like photons, and some of it would be antimatter. So yeah, there are big technical issues there remaining oh. in how to handle all this radiation. It's crazy. A black hole is too bright maybe to be a starship drive. Wow. Could you just use a smaller one? Like would a smaller one help? A smaller one would help perhaps, but then it might not have enough power. So there's sort of a sweet spot there. You need to be big enough to provide power to drive your ship and to last long enough. Because the smaller black hole is, the the shorter its lifespan. Mm, Interesting.
1: So, there is actually like a literature on this idea. Like, there are papers out there. Yeah. I've
0: read some papers in the last few days about making black hole starships and whether it's reasonable.
1: Wow. And
0: in addition to all the practical questions that you asked and all the reasonable concerns you have about whether this thing would survive, there are also fundamental physics questions about whether this would work. Because, you know, we're talking about Hawking radiation that nobody's frankly ever seen. And in real life, Mm. and we're relying on a sort of semi-classical understanding of black holes because we don't have a good theory for what's going on inside black holes of quantum gravity. We can't really explain what's going on inside black holes, and we can't really explain whether they're radiating. And we've never validated Hawking's predictions about how much they're radiating. So a lot of whether or not this is possible depends on a quantum understanding of gravity that we just don't have yet.
1: Wow. Wow. All right. Well, it sounds like a good idea to use something we don't understand and may potentially kill us to power a starship. (laughs) We'll just ask for volunteers and we'll have a really long (laughs) waiver. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people on the Internet would sign up. (laughs) I would think
0: about it for a moment. I'd be like, wow, I get to see an alien world and I get to ride in a spaceship with a black hole. That sounds pretty cool. You would sign up. You who never want to leave your house. (laughs) Well, I said I would think about it and I would entertain it for a moment.
1: I probably wouldn't actually (laughs) sign up, but, you know, I might post it on Twitter and encourage other people. You might think about it for 0.1 seconds (laughs) of solar energy. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, it sounds like a pretty cool idea. And it's kind of interesting, I guess, to think about, you know, using something like a black hole, which I think in popular culture just has, you know, death and destruction associated with it. To use it for actually something useful.
0: Yeah. And it shows you how we should be creative. We should think, huh? this thing, which seems crazy and dangerous, maybe we can
1: put right. it to work. Although maybe not too creative.
0: Well, <laughs> let, let's just double check these calculations before we start selling <laughs> yeah. tickets. <laughs>
1: yeah. Maybe do it uh, a little bit ways out into the solar system <laughs> when you try it out. Yeah,
0: and we'll try it with hamsters first.
1: Or those monkeys you have in your lab. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no comment.
1: Well, we hope you enjoyed that and it, that it made you think a little bit about uh, black holes and how maybe they could somehow get us out to see other black holes.
0: And even if this isn't the idea which cracks open this decades-long problem of how to get us to alien stars, I have confidence that humans will one day figure this out. will come up with a crazy idea that even jorge thinks sounds safe and it'll get us to those star systems and we will learn the answers to these crazy questions we've been asking basically since we've been asking questions well
1: thanks for joining us see you next time
0: thanks for listening and remember that daniel and jorge explain the universe is a production of iheartradio for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With Bo Grease,